KI. I want us to kind of have a continuity of part of what I shared, I think, a few days ago, Sunday, perhaps. I'm looking at something from the book of Revelation, chapter 20, verse 4. Let me use the word, the beheaded. Hallelujah. Now, in Revelation 20, the Bible says, I saw, verse 4, I saw thrones and they that sat on them and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who have been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark. On their forehead or on their hands, and they live and reign with Christ for a thousand years. Now, the key thing I want to deal with is the issue of beheadedness. And now sometimes you see it's like when you read it, even some other translation, it's like their, their head was chopped off. Okay? Maybe they use uh, an axe, they use matchhead or something, so their head was cut off. So the normal understanding of this is. These are people who died literally with their head cut off because they believed Jesus. But we must understand that this book, like we continue to say, is a symbolic book. It's not a literal book. So you cannot be looking at it in a literal sense to say some people's head were chopped off. And of course, we do know that it's not everybody. Of course, we know that people like John the Baptist was beheaded. And some of that saints actually were beheaded. But that is not precisely what he's talking about. Hallelujah. Because if you read on, you see verse 5 says, But the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years finished. This is the first resurrection. And on and on. But the key thing is, these people that are beheaded, the Bible says the rain. Now, we want to look at it critically tonight. What does it mean to be beheaded? Now, when you say you're beheaded... Again, if you look at it from the, the, the beginning, it said, Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded. What he saw was actually souls. Huh? Not rented persons. He saw souls. That's the first thing that you need to understand or you need to pick from that passage. It was souls that he saw. Hallelujah. The souls of those who had beheaded. And then he talks about witness. Witness, I uh, think material in the Greek, is not necessarily somebody who is passing out tracks. Okay? Or maybe going from door to door, from city to city, or what we call evangelism. That is not exactly what it really stands for. A witness is a man who can demonstrate what he believes with his life. I don't know if you understand what I mean now. Okay, listen. For instance, it's not every witness, if a witness don't even die. Let me put it that way. When you go to court, the person who stands at the witness box is not going to speak against or for. They don't die. Is that okay? Are you catching what I'm saying now? So it's not as if, now if you look at this, they will be headed for their witness. So it's like, they were killed because they were beyond witness. But witness don't die. In that sense. So, what he's really talking about here is the people who use their life to demonstrate what they believe about Christ. So what does it mean to be beheaded now? Okay, first I'm going to run through some scriptures so that you can understand primarily what it means to either you have a head or you don't have a head, as the case may be. Is that alright? That will give you a better understanding. Can we turn to the book of Matthew chapter number 8 and then verse 20. Matthew 8 verse 20. Let's look at Matthew 8. Verse 20. So. Praise the Lord. Matthew 8 verse number 20. Uh, the Bible says. And Jesus said to him, 
Okay, if you look at verse 19, it said, Then a certain scribe came and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Nowhere to lay his head. Huh? To lay his head. Now the key thing I want you to understand is the word head. Because you can understand that these people were beheaded. Is that okay? So, if they were beheaded, that means they lost their head. Is it simple enough? Alright, so what was their head? That's what we're going to be looking at. So, but here Jesus said, he has nowhere to lay his head. What does that mean? Is it that he have nowhere to sleep? But we know in the book of John, the Bible says, I mean, he has places to sleep. Of course, we know that there were a lot of people that were inviting Jesus to come to his house or to their homes to stay. So it's not talking of a literal bed, maybe a house where he can sleep. Okay, I'm going to make you see one of my scriptures. Let's look at First Corinthians. Go to First Corinthians. Hallelujah. First Corinthians uh, chapter 11. Now, I just read from verse 1. Imitate me just as also imitate Christ. Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the traditions just as I deliver them to you. But I want you to know that the head of every man is who? Okay. The head of every man is what? Christ. I want you to know this. Head of every man is Christ. But, can I just ask you this question? The head of every man is Christ. And thou must be the man that have received who? Christ. Am I correct? Okay, what about the man that have not received Christ? What is his head? What? Adam. There are two men that can either be your head. The man that has been converted has Christ as what? His head. But the man that has not been converted has what? Adam as his head. Are you catching this now? Okay, let's read on a little bit. Then we interpret. But just understand that. The head of your converted man is Adam. But let's read on. Colossians, let's see why Christ is our head. Colossians 2. Amen. Colossians 2, uh, let's look at verse 19. Colossians 2, let's look at verse 19. Okay, let's go back a little bit. Verse 18. Colossians 2, 18 down to 19. Okay? Let's look at 18. Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility. And worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, very puffed up by his fleshly mind. Note that. Fleshly what? Mind. Okay. Now, you must understand that when we talk about the mind, it's directly connected to the issue of head. Hello? Do you understand that? Okay, so you can talk about people that have the mark of the beast in their forehead and all that and all that. It has connection with the head. Mind. But I want, you, I want you to know this. Fleshly mind. Okay. Now let's go on. And not holding fast to what? Come on, are you there with me? Not holding fast to what? The head. Who is the head? Christ. Okay. Now what happens? When you hold fast to the head, from whom all the body nourishes and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from who? From God. So there is an increase that comes when Christ is your head, growing into that which God originally intended. Hallelujah. Now get the key. What we're looking at now is the issue of what? Head. Now, so head synonymous to what I'll call the mind. Are you, are you following it now? Now, where do you find your mind? The soul. Eh? Remember your mind? What do you have in your mind? Your intellect? Your emotion? I mean, your soul. Eh? Your emotion? Your will? 
and then what? Your mind. Four things makes up what? Your soul. Now these souls were beheaded. Are you catching that? Your soul is made up of what? Your intellect, your emotions, your will, and what? Your mind. Okay. So now, remember we have fleshly mind. Fleshly mind is directly connected to Adamic life. Are you there? Good. Fleshly mind is directly connected to Adamic life. People who are not holding on to, they may be believers, they may be Christians, but they are not holding on to. Okay, so now, when we now say, for instance, somebody is beheaded, what then do you think he's talking about? It simply means he has lost his head. Is that okay? Now, when you lost your head, it's synonymous with saying you lost your mind. Now, if you are a believer, Christ is your head. So if Christ is your head, then which head did you lost? You lost the head of Adam that was on you. Huh? Are you following what I'm trying to say there? In other words, we are talking about the people whose reasoning have changed from the natural to the spiritual. They are believing totally into the head, which is their head now, because the Bible has said Christ is the head of what? Every man. To them that believe. Now they are trusting in that. So, their natural head, which is Adam, is cut off. Hallelujah. Now let me show you something now. John chapter 12. John chapter 12. Are we there? I want to be reading from verse 22. John 12, 22. Philip came and told Andrew, and in turn, Andrew, now this is where the Greeks come into. Okay, let's look at verse 21. Then they came to Philip, who was from Bethesda of Galilee, and asked him, saying, Sir, we, we wish to see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew, and in turn, Andrew, and Philip told Jesus. But Jesus answered him, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Mother, surely I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces more grain. 25 says, He who loves his life, we do what? Huh? He who loves his life, we do what? We lose it. Okay? And he who hates his life, in this world, we keep it for war, for eternal life. What life are you going to love to lose? The life of Adam. Are you, are you getting that now? So when you lost your life in Adam, what happens to you? You are beheaded. Hallelujah. Are, are you catching this now? Okay. So because say if you lose your life in this war, you will gain it. In other words, when you drop off from walking in Adam, you have your real life that God ultimately has for you from the beginning. Alright. Praise the Lord. So he lost, he will love his life, shall lose it, and he will hate his life in this world. We keep it for eternal life. Or we have eternal life. And don't you forget that eternal life is not when you die. Amen? I'm sure you know that. Eternal life is not when you die. Or can we not check it up? Hallelujah. Amen. Alright. Now, let's progress a little bit. So I'll show you something here again. He will lose his life shall lose it. In other words, when you don't hold dear. Let me use that word. Turn with me to John 17. John 17, let's begin to read from verse number 1. Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come, glorify your Son, that your Son also may glorify you. As you have given him authority over all flesh, 
that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. Now let's get the definition of eternal life. Verse 3. And this is eternal life that they may do what? Know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have what? Sent. Eternal life. Eternal life is not when you die and live forever and ever. Eternal life is not something that, you know, I don't know how to put it how you want to think about that. Because when we think about eternal life, the common understanding is maybe when we die and the day of judgment and we're resurrected and then we continue to live all the way through. That is not eternal life. Eternal life is knowing God and knowing Jesus Christ whom he has sent. Are you there with me? So, in John 12 he said, if you lose your life, you will gain it. Right? And then you are going to gain what? What did he say you're going to gain there? Eternal life. It means you come to knowing God. When you lose your life, which is your Adamic life, which is your head of natural reasoning, you will get to know God and Christ whom he has sent. In other words, you are trading out something to gain something. Come on, can you pick that? Fine. For you to know God, you have to lose your mind. The original Adamic mind that you carry must go. And when that goes, then you become beheaded. In other words, you have lost your mind. Like I told you the other day, most people who lost their mind in that, in that, in that dimension, they are referred to as insane people. The Bible says, why do you want to believe Jesus? He's beside himself or he's mad. Remember that? Okay. And what did they talk about? About, about John, I mean, uh, Apostle Paul. He said, much learning have made thee mad. Why? Because the way he believed or what he believed, the way he was now walking was contrary to who he was supposed to be as what? As a Pharisee. Let us look at this example for instance. Philippians. Let's get to Philippians. Philippians chapter 3, let's see how he really lost his mind. Let's look at it from verse number 4. Or better still, we can take from verse number 1. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the mutilations. Dogs. Dogs are not talking about dogs that bark. It's not talking about your... Huh? Those things you chain around that drives away tips or whatever that barks in the night. It's not talking about that. The Bible refers to dogs as those that are outside of the kingdom. It said they are without are dogs. Book of Revelation says that. Hallelujah. Are you there? Then verse 3 says, For we are the circumcision who worship God in spirit. Rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in what? In the flesh. What was the flesh that I was referring to? Not just Adam. He was referring to the law. The Judaism that he was in. Is that okay? Alright. We have no confidence in the flesh. What he's trying to say, we have no confidence in Judaism anymore. It's like we have been cut off from that realm. Is that okay? Now he said, Though I also might confidence in the flesh, if any else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I am also circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of Hebrews, concerning the law, a Pharisees, concerning zeal, as according to the church, concerning righteousness, which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, these are counted laws for what? For Christ. Are you there? He said, yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellency of what? The knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as what? Rubbish, that I may gain Christ. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is what? Through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Can you get that? What did he say? He lost everything. Now, to the natural man who have not come into Christ, 
Paul was mad. Do you understand what I mean now? He lost his reputation as a lawyer, as a Pharisee. You know, he was such a big man in that circle. Highly respected. But he lost all of that. Now, to the people who were still in that circle, Paul must be mad. This man had no sense. So, in that circumstance, we say Paul was beheaded. Remember what Jesus said, if you lose your life, you will do what? You will gain it. Are you still following it now? So here he lost his mind. He lost everything. So that the natural man know this man can't be normal. It, it shows that in the true sense of it, if you come to a place of truly receiving the knowledge of God and the knowledge of Christ, you come to a place where of a truth, you cannot lost your mind. Hallelujah. Are you catching what I'm saying now? You come to a place where it is difficult for people to, to see reasons with you. Because your thinking and actions are completely contrary to what they were expecting or they expect of you. The truth is, there is definitely an encounter that brings transformation if you meet with Christ. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm saying now? There have to be a change. So this man lost his mind. What are we trying to say? What he carried, which was supposed to be the motivating factor of his life, the religious laws and the Jewish system, the Pharisee beliefs and all of that, he gave up to have Christ. Now at this point, we go back to Revelation 20, he has already become a witness. Hallelujah. Now, he said, beheaded for the witness of Jesus, or for the word. So, understand it, when you are beheaded for the witness of Jesus and the word, it means you contemplate by reason of your belief in the word, and your knowledge of Christ, you are no longer normal to the natural man. Are you understand what I'm saying now? You are a different person. You are a leftist, if I may use the word. In fact, you are heretic. Amen? Because you don't think the way they think. You don't reason the way they reason. You don't act. Because the way you reason is where that makes you act the way you act. Now your action is completely different because of the way you think and the way you now reason. Because you receive another head in place of your former head. You know, the head controls the body. Is that okay? Alright. Now, so we get to look at that very critically. So let's go back a little bit. And then I'll show you something. How are you going to lose your mind? Let's get back to the book of Revelation. Then we'll come back to two passages of scriptures. And then you see that more clearly. So let's go back now. Are we there? Revelation 20 again, verse number 4. And I saw thrones, and they that sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God. Can you say it now? Their witness for Jesus. I told you the word witness doesn't mean those who are just passing out tracks in the street or going from house to house. A witness is a man who knows truth. For instance, if there is a case going on, and they say this man has to be a witness. The man that is standing on the witness box is a man that will be able to swear that everything that is going to say is the truth and nothing but what? The truth. Now, witness don't necessarily have to die. That's what I told you. Witness can only produce a fact of the case for the judge to pronounce judgment. He's giving evidence as to what he knows and what he saw. That is a witness. Are you there? Now, these guys were beheaded for their witness to Jesus and the word. So what does that mean? It means by receiving the word of truth and the life of Christ, they lost their original mind. Which was the Adamic life that was doing what? Controlling them. Now, read it down and you see something. And he said, who had not worshipped the beast? I'm sure you understand about the beast, I told you. The beast is the system of the devil, just like the church is the system of Christ. Is that okay? The beast is not just one figure. Understand that? Just like the church is not one figure. I'm sure you know that. The church is the body of Christ. 
And Christ is the head of the church. So you can say Satan is the head of the beast. Is that okay? So when he says, who have not worshipped the beast, in other words, we've not bowed down to the system of the beast. Or by implication, by reason of their being beheaded, they've not accepted to do the things that are beastly. Is that okay now? Because what you worship is what you adore. Worship is not just kneeling down and all that. You can cherish a thing and you end up worshiping the thing. What you hold dear to you, sacred to you, is termed worship. Is that okay? Alright. Now he said they have no worship the beast or his image. Now, you, you have to understand again. What is the image of God? Christ is the express image and glory of the Father. And man is the image of, of God. So, the image of God is not the shape. Therefore, the image of the beast is not the shape. But the quality of life. So understand this. The image of God is actually, to me, the fruit of the spirit. The quality of the life of God is image and the character of God. Is anybody understanding that? Fine. Similarly, when you say he did not worship the image of the beast, it means the character and the qualities of the beastly life are no longer controlling you. Why? Because you lost your head. Are you catching that? Okay, so they not worship the image, the beast or his image, and are not receive his mark on their forehead. And now I told you that above all foreheads, you know. Okay, just hold your place and go to Revelation fourteen. Let me show you something. Revelation fourteen. Verse 1. Then I looked and behold a lamb standing on Mount Zion and with him 144,000 having his father's name written where? On the forehead. 144,000 is not arithmetical calculation 1, 2, 3 to 144. He's talking about the fullness of God's kingdom. Remember Mount Zion is the church. Hebrews chapter 12, 22, 23. Is that okay? Bible says we have come to what? Mount Zion. The church of what? Of the living God. And the Bible said the lamb is standing there. Remember that lamb was slain. But now is standing together. With those who have received. The mark of their father. Where? In their forehead. What does that mean? Now they have received the image. Or they think as God thinks. Their mind have been renewed. Remember what the Bible says. Romans 12. Be it transformed by what? The renewing of your mind that you may do those things which are what? Acceptable unto God. There is a worship that is acceptable. And those are the people that have received the mark of the Father's name where? In their forehead. So when the Bible says these people that were beheaded did not receive the mark of the beast in their forehead, by implication, they are no longer thinking naturally. They are no longer thinking adamically, if you will. Their sensual life has been dealt with. These are people that are controlled by, if you will, the mind and the voice of God that is from within. Revelation 21, Revelation 22, the Bible tells us that those who have come to the city, they have no need of the sun or the moon. That the lamp is the light of the city. Are you catching that? Now, if the lamb is the light of the city, it means the lamb gives you understanding. Because light equals understanding. Darkness equals ignorance. Are you following? So, in a sense, here they are received. They have not received, rather, the mark of the beast in their forehead or where? In their hands. And I've already explained to you, the hand is a place of power, which has to do with service. Is that alright? So when you say, and at the right hand is actually a place of authority. And that is why the Bible says, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall do what? Recover. It's a place where power is transmitted from. For those who believe in the Lord, who trust in the Lord, God flows through you. He uses your hand. He uses your ears. He uses your... If all your organs are used, if you will. 
by the Lord. Because God is spirit. The only way he can express himself is through you. You give him shape. If I may use the word. If he can take it, God is spirit. And just like water takes shape, so also does God take shape in whosoever is available for him to enter into. Are you following what I'm saying now? So, he can enter into an Indian man and God becomes an Indian. Is that okay? He, he can enter a Chinese man and God becomes what? A Chinese. And then when he enters an Isoko man, God begins to speak Isoko, you see? Hallelujah. Because God is spirit. You see, water doesn't have a shape. You can give shape to water by the container that you pour it into. Come on, are you understanding what I'm saying? Now? Fine. That's why it is difficult for people to understand. First uh, Timothy 3 verse 16, the Bible says, Mystery, great is the mystery of godliness. God will manifested in flesh, raised up in spirit and sin of the spirit. Now, you see, you can, you can see water from three dimensions, if you will. You can, you can have water as ice block. Is that okay? That's a form that you can handle. That if you hit the ice block, it can melt and become liquid. And if you hit the liquid the more, it becomes vapor. But the content is still H2O. So, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, they are one, but in different manifestation to humanity. Do you understand this? Okay, now. So here, we said, they have the mark of the Father. I mean, they have not received the mark in their hands. So what I'm trying to say is, this people's ministry is not being motivated by satanic influence or be Adamic life. How many of you understand that people can, can literally decide to prophesy when God has not spoken? Is that okay? Right. Uh, so, the motivation and what you do at the end of the day is determined be either you're having a mark in your hand, either the mark of Christ or the mark of the beast. Which way you can have one? Hallelujah. Okay. And the Bible says, And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. A thousand years simply is a new day of the Lord. You have nothing, like I told you, I think, a few weeks ago, have nothing to do with one thousand calculations. Just a new day. We're entering a new season of the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. Okay, now, I want us to look at something very critically as to how you can lose your mind. Because whether you believe it or not, your original head was Adam. You can't escape it because they were the great, great, great grandparents of every human being. All human beings came from Adam. Am I right? Hallelujah. Okay, now, so now, let's see. Colossians, turn with me to the book of Colossians. How do you come to lost your mind? How should you? Is it by simply just believing? Let's look at Colossians. Three. I'm going to be reading from five to six. But if you will, let's just go to verse one. And if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on things on the earth. Amen. Amen. So we talk about to be carnally minded or earthly minded is dead. He said, for you died. You died. Huh? And your life is hid with Christ in who? In God. You died. When did you die? <laughs> Hallelujah. When you lost your mind, you died. Hmm? When you trusted in Christ, you died to the natural life. Okay. When Christ who is alive appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Verse 5 is the key we're looking for. 5 and 6 if you will. Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of who? Of disobedience. But I want you to note it. What did they say you should kill? 
fornication. Where do you find it? On the earth. Uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness. Which is what? Idolatry. The Bible says all these things are in the earth. What art? Are they found in the... Can anybody take a bulldozer, dig, and then you begin to see fornication? So where is the art? Your body. Is that okay? Now when you say... What did it say there in verse 5? Therefore put to death. The, the amplifier say mortify. Other translators say deaden. So we say kill. Huh? Mortify or kill these members. He called them the members in your earthly system. To be carnally minded or earthly minded is dead. That is Adam. Is that alright? Now, when you are in Adam, these are the things you manifest by reason of the one that rules you. Is that okay? Now, when Christ becomes your head, what you are definitely going to be having is supposed to be Galatians 5. Is that okay? The fruit of the spirit. That is when Christ has become what? Your head. Now when Adam is your head, this is what you get. Now but the Bible says kill. So how do you do it? Oh, every day you say, oh fornication, I destroy you in the name of Jesus. But you see, you do that and you see yourself going back to the same system in the next two weeks. Am I talking to somebody here? Oh, come on. Now let's be honest. Amen? It's not going to be, hey, somebody said, well, we do that by fasting and praying. <laughs> Have you tried that sometime? Maybe you were smoking. And then you come to the place and say, well, I don't want to smoke anymore. Going to fasting, fasting for three days and there's going to be eating granite. Huh? <laughs> In less than two weeks, <laughs> you try a stick. Amen. <laughs> you get a half. Yeah. And then before you know it, you're going to two and sometimes you go deeper than you were before. Have you noticed things like that? So now you say, I don't want to drink anymore. So go to fasting. You fast. One week, come out of it, very lean, haggard looking. Oh, now you can't drink. But after two, three weeks, huh? the appetite is still there. Is that okay? So what are you going to do? What do we do? Two things I'm going to recommend. One is... The more you feed on Christ and it grows in you through the word by the things you hear. Remember the Bible says, John 5, it said, Now shall the dead hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall do what? Shall live. The more you hear truth, the more his life is built within you. And the more his life is built within you, this system gradually dies out. I'm going to show you one principle now. How many of you understand the issue of transplant? Now, in medical science, there is something you call transplant. Eh? Transplant, it can be kidneys. Eh? It can be hearts. It can be anything. Have you heard that it can transplant heart? Heart transplant, kidney transplant. Eh? Uh-huh, and so on and so forth. Is that okay? But you know, sometimes the body, the body can reject. Is that okay? Are you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, sometimes the body can reject. By implication, maybe a kidney is to be transplanted into Mr. B from Mr. A. Now Mr. B's body will be rejecting the kidney. He said, this is not part of me. The body will be seen that kidney as a foreign body. Now, if the body refuses to receive the kidney, that body will literally die. Are you following what I'm saying now? Okay, fine. Now, one of the ways by which you can kill this for you to live is to allow a transplant of the head of Christ since you are beheaded. Did you understand what I said there? You have been beheaded. Now there is a transplant that has to take place. You have to be beheaded. Now for you to receive another head, you have to accept to receive what? That head. By implication, your body should be able to receive this transplant that is taking place. And the damn body that is coming is an organ that supplies life to your body. 
Come on, are you getting it now? When the kidney is not allowed, the body can gradually die. But if the kidney is allowed, or if the body receives the kidney, the life comes back into the body because the kidney will begin to function. Are you getting that now? Alright, so when your head is beheaded, and then another head is planted on your head, if you don't reject this head, then your system will come what? Alive. Then those members that were there before will literally do what? Die out. And why not show you another way? Proverbs 26. Why am I saying all of this? Because you may have tried fasting. Fornication is still there. Smoking is still there. Covetousness. Talking beyond measure. All of those things, they are still there. You've tried fasting and it's not working. It's just the only way out. It's only God that can do all of these things. Is that okay? Man can't do it. No religious system can help you out. For about 26, I'm going to look at verse 20. Hallelujah. Where there is no wood, what happens? The fire does what? Goes out. Mm. Is it simple? Okay. Proverbs 26 and verse what? 20. Where there is no wood, the fire does what? No matter how long. No matter how long. So no matter how tense the desire is, if you don't sweat the desire by your thoughts, by the things you see, by the things you hear, the urge will literally do what? Go. That is why you feed your mind continually on the word of God. Are you there? Somebody who was suffering from spirit of laws, adultery, fornication. If you expose him, maybe he leaves the place and is not having the opportunity. And then you expose him to pornography. You ignite again those thoughts. Those feelings, those desires, those imaginations. Are you getting what I'm saying now? Fine. So what happens? For you to get out of that, you are going to stop these things to death by not allowing the thoughts and the feelings of those things and even pictures of words that can ignite those fire to be kindled again in your life. So where there is no wood, the fire will do what? It will go out. This is one of the reasons that you come to church. To feed your mind with the word of life. Hallelujah. So that the Adamic man will be dying on a daily basis because you are no longer feeding it. You don't have to spend your time watching television or watching pictures of the things you know you are suffering from that you want to get out of. You don't have to engage yourself in talks about the things you know you are suffering from and you want to get out of. You are igniting the fire. By implication, you are putting more wood into what? Into the fire. So, but where there is no wood, the fire will literally do what? Go out of its own. You don't need to go bail water. You don't need to call the fire brigade to bring in water, to splash, all of that. Just allow the fire to consume the wood. And as soon as there is no one putting firewood there again, the fire will do what? It will go out. So if you don't engage yourself or have relationship, that's what the Bible talks about. Evil communication doing what? Corrupting good manners. So if you really want to lose your mind, then you must know the kind of association you keep. Am I talking? If you want to maintain the new grafted, if you will, transplanted head, don't forget the key. Christ is the head of what? Of every man. Is that okay? Jesus said, if you, if you, if you lost me, or if you lost everything, you're going to gain everything. You see, the thing looks contrary. Is that okay? You want to hold on to your life? You will lose everything. But if you lost your life, you will get eternal one. Because when you lost your life, you are going to get the knowledge of God and who Christ is. And Christ is our life. 
Your real life will not be planted on you. will become the source of your control. And the more it fills you, the more those in Colossians 3, 5 dies out. The fellowship you keep is very important. The films you watch, very important. The conversation you are engaged in, very important. If you want to kill those things, there are things you must go away from. Fasting alone is not going to do it. I mean what I'm saying. Hallelujah. Are you getting this? Yeah. So, what are you going to do now? The principle I'm giving to you is Proverbs 26 and verse 20. It's a key you need to hold on to. Don't get firewood into the fire. So that the fire can do what? Can go out. That will save you all the time of going to get water, calling fire brigade, and doing all religious things. Hallelujah. If you find yourself in a place where they are not selling cigarettes, that is nothing you are going to do. At the end of the day, the urge of cigarette smoking will definitely go. Am I correct? Because you are not going to mold grass and begin to smoke. No way. It will go out. Huh? It will go out. They, if you're drinking and all of a sudden you find that you're in a place where, what? Can't you see, go to the prison yard and see people locked up inside their rooms? How can they get this things? They can't get it and they are not going to die because they can't get it. But you find that the odd would literally begin to do what? Die out. The more you know Christ, the more this natural thing goes. Listen and listen closely. If our life is still reflecting so many of those things, they can tell you the measure of the Christ you have received. Is that okay? No man can tell you how much you have grown. You can know how much you have grown in God. But the Bible talks about we coming to the fullness of the stature or the measure of Christ. You, you can measure your growth by the things you do, by the ways you take, by the actions you put. You can measure it. Because the more Christ comes into your life, the more those things that are of the earthly nature dies out. As long as you are not feeding them, they will go. If you are a talkative person and you stay away from people, no one to talk to, your talkativeness will literally die. Or oh, I mean it. Is that not true? It's going to go. Because you are not gonna, if you begin to talk to the world, then you already you are mad. Yeah. But you see, when you have people who open their ears for you to be talking to all the time, that spirit will never go. That means somebody is fueling it. That means you have enough firewood to kindle the fire the more. Are you getting that? Are you following what I'm saying now? You have the spirit of loss, whatever. You don't need to look at naked photographs. I mean, I'm just being blank. That's the truth. Because it's going to ignite the lost. That is wood on the fire. You don't look at pornographic pictures. You don't look at naked advertisement or whatever. You don't need all of that. If you know that's your problem. You can help yourself by abstaining from. Fasting is not just staying from food. Fasting is also staying away from the thing that ignites the fire in your life. The negative fire. Come on. Did you get what I'm saying now? That is also fasting. Fasting is not just a matter of, you know, eating. So you see, a time comes in your life where you know that this is my problem, then you stay away from that thing. And then the odds will gradually do what? Die out. The energy you are pumping into that thing, you can divert it now for fruitfulness by studying diligently and engaging yourself in the proclamation of the word of God. What am I saying? To be beheaded means you become a witness. A witness is not a man that is dead. A witness is a man that is alive. But his life is demonstrating what he believes. Hello? Do you understand what I'm saying now? A true witness of God is not necessarily the man that is carrying the book, hang it on your armpit, or carry a megaphone. And there is nothing wrong with that. I'm not condemning that. But a true witness in this context that we're dealing with is the man... Whose life is a clear demonstration of what he believes and who is ruling his life. That's a witness. So those who are beheaded, they become the witness for Christ and for the word of God. They have not worshipped the beast. 
The Lord received the mark of the beast in their forehead. Their life is unto the Lord, and they reign with him a thousand years. By that they have authority, they have life within themselves. Praise the living God. So get the key. Don't you ever think this is a literal thing. It's not talking about some people whose net have been cut off. It's talking about people who have lost their natural mind of thinking and reasoning. Now they are in God. And God's mind has become their mind. Paul will say, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Those people who have received the mind of Christ, they are beheaded. They have become true witnesses for Jesus and for the world. Thank you.